Hey everybody, welcome to the Fantasy Players Club. I'm your host, Levi Valentine, at Levi underscore Valentine on Twitter. Joining me are my co-hosts, Brent Hudhud Hykus. Follow him at Brent Hykus on Twitter. And Trevin Cremosta, whose tweets are too hot for your eyes. Fellas, it's week 52 of the podcast, our 52nd real episode, Brent. It's been a year since we started this. Can you believe it? It's crazy. Flew by. It's been fun. <laughs> just just remember that first episode like it was yesterday we just kind of like an intro yeah. um, episode we just talked football it was one of my favorite episodes honestly so that I'm, I'm glad it's been a fun year yeah trevin you remember a year ago when we started all this up i do i think i was just a voicemailer <laughs> at the time and i left print a voicemail claiming that i had a team for him to look at and it just turned out to be his own team and he was writing notes trying to figure out how he should best adjust for it. And it then he figured out he's talking about his own team. That was that was great. That was great. That was great. What's your favorite memory from the past year, Brent? Um, probably whenever we had a guest on for our division previews. That that was that was a lot of fun. Just um beforehand, even doing the notes um beforehand was just fun picking out like our, our favorite sleeper um, in that division, Best Buy. Just, it, it was a lot of fun. And, I mean, I guess if I was to pinpoint a memory is when I did pick Taysom Hill and you and Colin were all, like, in shock. And here I am now. Taysom Hill's talked about being a starting quarterback <laughs> next year. And he, he he led some people to the fantasy playoffs last year. So what, what can I say? That was probably one of my favorite memories. What was your favorite memory, Levi? Uh, I have a few. So uh, just to highlight real quick, we published our intro episode on May 29th last year. So we're two days away from one year since we published that. And then our first real episode uh, was on June 1st, Brent. So uh, June 1st will be our official one year since our first real episode. Trevin joined us on episode 26. So Trevin, you've been here for half of the year, six months. Good timing with that. Wow. Jeez. And then over the past year, we've had over 2,000 plays on our episode, 2,150. So thank you to all of the loyal listeners out there. Uh, Highlights, the number one for me by far is the table bet, Brent. Uh, (laughs) Brent, when you get locked into a little bit of a hot take, you are willing to make some crazy (laughs) bets. And I was able to take advantage of that and get you to commit to this table bet. So. That was probably a highlight. Trevin's commercials were also a highlight. And it's funny you mentioned Taysom Hill, Brent, because I I saved my favorite probably commercial of all of them here, and I was going to play that for you guys. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Even the most intelligent people in the world, we all will eventually say something breathtakingly stupid. Taysom Hill. The people around you will eventually move on. But you can't get the thought out of your mind. Days, weeks, and even years later, you'll find yourself continue to replay the dumb thing in your head. I'm here to introduce you to Eraser Pills. (laughs) The quick and easy pill that will make you forget the dumb thing you said. These thoughts will get to be too much if not addressed. It will affect your work productivity and destroy your sleep schedule. Replaying the dumb thing you said over and over and over and over. Sometimes it will be all you think about. (laughs) 
there used to be no way to make it stop. A man would go insane if he had to keep reliving a specific dumb thing he said. Until this eraser pill, that is. A small side effect. It will erase your entire prior two weeks of memory. There is no way to take back the dumb thing you said. The people you said the dumb thing to will always remember. At least you can stop reliving the moment in your own head. Full disclaimer, these are roofies. Go buy eraser pills today. Taysom Hill. Uh, that was a good one. But you did get a little redemption during the season, right? Taysom Hill played better than anybody expected. I don't think he's a premium dynasty asset, but and I would be kind of surprised if he ends up starting this year based on what their beat writers are saying. But if people listen to you, they did get some usable weeks out of him last year, especially on stupid ESPN where they let him be tight end eligible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and especially when I pick him as a sleeper. That's all I did, and... I mean, I, I feel I feel I've already won, even if he doesn't start this next year. <laughs> the last thing I had on my list was the fastest two minutes that me and Trevin did for I don't even know what it was, probably six or eight weeks or something before it became too much work. So that was a lot of fun writing and recording that every week for a while. That was awesome. I miss that. <laughs> Trevin, you got any favorites from the last year? No, I was going to say, uh, if Brent's got any of those eraser pills left, he might want to take them after this draft we're doing for this campus uh, to call it Canton. Uh, <laughs> those might help him out here. Uh, I can't wait for the redemption for that one when I win the championship <laughs> this this year. This decade? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, where do you think you're going in the disrespect draft, Brent? I hope I go first. I hope I hope somebody chooses me first. I, I don't care. And I hope you, it's who has first choice. Colin. Isn't it Colin does? I can see him maybe picking me. That'd be a bad idea though, but <laughs> that'd be a bad idea. Yeah, uh, that'll be interesting to see where you go. I can't mm-hmm. wait to find out. I've already got my targets in mind for the top two, so I'm <laughs> looking forward to it. Uh um, as are we ready to hop into the main event, guys? Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's do it. And that for our main event. Uh, for tonight's main event, we have two rounds. First, uh, Julio Jones is asking for a trade, and then we'll go into round two, where we're going to do round two of our rookie mock that we started a couple weeks ago. Uh, first though, Julio Jones is asking for a trade. Atlanta Falcons wide receiver Julio Jones, one of the best receivers in the NFL, is on the trade market. Right before the 2021 draft, Falcons GM Terry Fontenot said the team would listen to trade offers on the 32-year-old veteran as Atlanta attempts to solve its current cap space issues. Uh, no deal has been brokered just yet, but a post-June 1st move is looking more and more likely. Jones said this week when very publicly asked by Shannon Sharp if he was staying with the Falcons, uh, I'm out of there. So, fellas, uh, where do you think Julio ends up, and what are the fantasy implications here? Trevin, let's start with you. Can we first talk about how it was announced, where Shannon Sharp was on his uh, show? I don't remember. I don't know the name of that show he does with Skip there. But they're talking about Julio. He said, I'll call Julio and see what he says himself. And he had it on speakerphone and didn't tell him he's live on air and just kind of said, what do you think? What's your situation? And Julio said, I'm out of there. 
then the Cowboys also got a ricochet shot. Of just, <laughs> nobody was even talking about the Cowboys, really. And Julio just said, no, I ain't going there. So they he wants that to had win. to feel good. But what do you think? Was that really how it happened? Because I got my own theory on it. I don't, you, I don't think you, there's any way Shannon Sharp did it like it looked on the show. I think he yeah. had to have told him before what it was going on. It, it had to be somewhat of a setup, I think. Otherwise, no star NFL player would ever answer Shannon Sharp's calls again. <laughs> tell him anything if he's just going to be live on the air on speakerphone without telling him. What yeah, do you guys think? I, I bet it was set up. I bet he contacted Julio before the show and told him about the plan, and Julio was all for it, I guess, which is... Sure, and it benefits Julio to get that message out there too if he yeah. wants to put the pressure on. But and the show's undisputed, by the way. There you go. I don't know. Like, I could see it either way. Shannon Sharp doesn't strike me as particularly intelligent, so it wouldn't shock me if he did something stupid like that. But geez, uh, love Levi, <laughs> really taking some big shots at Shannon Sharp. <laughs> well, you think he's a smart guy? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I wouldn't just call him stupid to his face. Well, he's not here. It's not to his face. <laughs> <laughs> Better watch it. He'll be calling Levi next. Undisputed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they got to pay me to come on there. <laughs> they can pay him and skip millions. They can chip a little few bucks Levi's way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you think it might be all like it seems? Like he just called him. I wouldn't be surprised either. I wouldn't be surprised either way. That's kind of where I'm at. I don't have a strong feeling one way or the other. Yeah. That's not hot takey enough to get me on uh, Undisputed, but try to keep it real for the people on the in the club. You wouldn't even be able to debate Skip's wife, Geraldine, with that kind of low-level take. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't. <laughs> All right. So anyway, um, back to actually Julio Jones might be on the move. What was your first question for that, Levi? What do you think uh, this means for him, and what are the fantasy implications for him as well as the Atlanta offense? Uh, based on who they're kind of talking about, what are, what teams are we are we looking at? The I've Cardinals, the, somewhat Titans, Niners, Titans, Ravens. The Raiders are always out there to make a big move for an aging player, so I'd say that. Um, <laughs> First Raiders off, would have to be on the list. First off, answer this question. Do you think he gets traded? <sighs> I, I think yes. He, I say yes, too. If he's on live TV doing that and his cap hits so big that uh, it, it's not like the Falcons would be totally against it, I don't think. So I'd say yes. Well, they came out before the draft and said they were willing to listen to offers for him. So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that and what he just said. I think it's pretty likely. Yeah, I, th- I think he gets traded sometime in the next two weeks. After June first, seems mm-hmm. like it's kind of like consensus. Uh, what about the rest of? The- so I guess for him, it's kind of going to depend on his landing spot. For me, it probably won't make a huge difference either way. You guys agree? I think he has a good year or two left in him. Yeah. And his but not, his stats are he's been the best receiver really him and Antonio Brown for the last ten years. But he's staring at that age cliff. Yeah, yeah. for yeah. sure. Yeah, 
so not a huge nothing really i guess more to talk about for him yet until we really know where he lands i think but as far as the atlanta offense uh, the other weapons there any thoughts you guys have on how this impacts them um with with them drafting kyle pitts i think kyle pitts will basically play that position that julio played i mean julio played a little bit in the slot kyle pitts will play a little bit in the slot kyle pitts will play on the outside where Julio played sometimes, so I think they draft they drafted Pitts knowing that Julio will probably be gone. So, um, so I think Pitts will step right in. Um, we'll see if he's as good as Julio. My guess is no, but I don't think I think Kelvin Ridley um, won't. I mean, it, Kelvin Ridley will still have a good year, maybe better than last year. Matt Ryan, um, who knows with him. Uh, seems like every other year he has a good year, so we'll see. We'll see. It, it might hurt Ryan, um, but I don't think it's going to hurt Calvin Ridley at all. And I think Kyle Pitts will definitely have his role if, if Julio's gone. I, um, do you think there's anybody in the current roster that's benefiting? Because I, I really like Russell Gage. I think he's going to benefit from this because uh, Pitts – is going to take basically all those Hurst catches away. Hurst had 88 targets last year. That's going to be limited with Pitts getting there. So I think Gage is one guy that could see a um, handful more targets his way this coming year. Gage and that – I mean, I don't know how to pronounce it, but Zacchaeus? <laughs> yeah. Zacchaeus and um, looks like they got Tajay Sharp this offseason. So there's a few other guys that might – Get a bump in targets. What do you Levi, think, Levi? What do you think about these other guys on the Falcons? If if Julio's gone, yeah, I mean, I think like you talked about, Trevin Gage could benefit. He had 110 targets last year, which was number 22 among receivers already. So I don't know how right. much more there is to add to his ceiling, but yeah, uh, Julio was already hurt for quite a bit of last year, so it's not like it'll be totally new. We're not just getting 16 games gone. He don't. I think he started last year. My headset keeps cutting in, so I might have to fix that. But uh, the other thing I would just add is potentially Olamide Zacchaeus uh, could get a little more run there. Uh, he did a little bit last year in his limited playing time. Got about he had about a forty six percent snap share. Uh, saw thirty two targets. Uh, ended up with twenty receptions, two hundred seventy four yards. So he may get a little more playing time. It'd be interesting to see uh, how they use him. He's only five eight and one hundred eighty eight pounds, and so maybe more of a <laughs> a limited role for him compared to what they did with Julio. But he could see a little more opportunity. Trevin, you mentioned. Uh, Julio's playing time last year. He played in nine games. So, yeah, like you said, he missed about half the season. So, we got a little bit of a, an idea of what this offense will look like without him based on that sample size. Yeah. Yeah. It won't be a totally new thing for him. And they're going to keep throwing the ball around, too, I think, there. So, with the addition of Pitts, they're not going to slow down their passes, I don't think. And they're the fifth team last year in most pass attempts. So, it's going to be an offense that keeps spreading it around, I think. You don't think they'll feed Mike Davis? <laughs> I don't. I'm not a big Mike Davis fan as you are. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not really. I just I just need him to have a good year for my campus accountant team. <laughs> <laughs> to you, I say good luck, sir. <laughs> <laughs> All 
All right. Well, sh- let's move on to. But uh, Calvin two. Ridley, though, sorry, just to go back, he, I don't know how much more work he can really get. He had 143 targets last year, so I mean, it's not going to go down. I guess there's only, really only one way for it to go right now. So uh, definitely a guy to have there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Should we hop into our rookie mock round two? Let's do it. All right, Trevin, we're letting you have the first pick again this oh, week. Oh, so. yeah. <laughs> pick 13. Recap of last week. Well, let's go back to last year first. Me, me and Brent did round two last year. Brent, you had Michael Pittman at 13. I took Denzel Mims at 14. So neither one of those looked that great. You took Antonio Gibson at 15, and I took T. Higgins at 16. Those two look pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I had Chase, or you had Chase Claypool at seventeen. I had Brian Edwards at eighteen. You had Ayuk at nineteen, and I had Chenault at twenty. So those look like a couple of pretty, pretty good wins for you there. Uh, and then down the stretch, uh, you had Zach Moss and AJ Dillon at twenty-one and twenty-three, and I had Anthony McFarland at uh, twenty-two and twenty-four. So uh, this year we'll do our superflex, uh, as we noted last week. And last week again, just to recap real quick, we went Lawrence, Lance, and Fields top three, followed by Chase Harris and ETN, and then Pitts, Smith, Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, Javante Williams, and Rondale Moore rounding out the first round. So Trevin. Number 13, first pick of the second round. Who are you going with? Don't ruin this, Trevin. <laughs> uh, we got to kind of decide on a way of picking a winner here next year, don't we? Once this, we're at the same time next year. How are we going to do that? <laughs> I don't know. Why does there have to be a winner? We I don't know. The best players. That's the winner, right? Yeah, but we got to. how do we figure out who picked the best players? Like we just did with me and Levi. Yeah, you need to pick a winner, though. I think Brown won round two. We had Gibson, Claypool, Ayuk. I say Le- Levi definitely got me that first round, but I feel like I got him in the second round. All right. All right. Uh, so who – okay, run down who had the first round again. Wait, I got the list right here, don't I? <laughs> it's it's conveniently located on the show sheet, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta be honest, guys. I got a lot going on over here. You're you're, you're a real pros pro, as always. That's <laughs> why you have me on the professionalism, the ability to be ready for my time. All right, let's go with. Uh, Kadarius Tony. <laughs> Waddle, gotta go with Waddle. No, Bateman, Bateman, switching Bateman. <laughs> Jesus. Yes. Bateman. I've been out on Waddle the whole time. I can't change my mind now. Let's go with Bateman. Howard. <laughs> I gotta stick stick to my guns. Changing your opinion is not a is a strength, not a weakness. No, it's not. You gotta stick to your guns. A man's gotta have a code. Another reason I won't be on undisputed that take right there. Just gotta yeah. dig in and <laughs> continue to stand by your argument, no matter what happens. <laughs> Geraldine just texted me and called you a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Brent, what do you think of Bateman going there? Um, I, I thought it was a mistake. He should have stuck with Waddle. I'll I'll take it since I'm picking next. 
<laughs> All right. Who are you going next? I agree with you, by the way. I would have taken Waddle, but I don't think it's a, like a huge mistake. I'm pretty close. Um, I'm picking Waddle right here. Um, I feel great that he fell to me here. So um, I see that Rondell Moore was the 12th pick in, in round one. I would have took Waddle at the 12th pick. Um, I, I think there's a chance that he can become a very good receiver, and I'm taking the upside with Waddle. Like it. He's good injury value. prone, and he's going to a quarterback that hasn't been good in the NFL. You can keep him. <laughs> He got injured, yeah. what, like once? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Injury, bro. I'm practicing for my hot takes. Oh, boy. All right, Skip. Levi, let's see how you're going to blow this. You're going to have to level up a little bit to hang with Skip and Geraldine. Uh, I'm going with Terrace Marshall. So Terrace Marshall uh, went to Carolina, reunited with Joe Brady, so I think that gives me a lot of comfort with his ability to – immediately step into a role in this offense. And Joe Brady obviously isn't concerned about his injury history like maybe some other teams were. Uh, He's got great size, great athleticism, did everything you want as far as like an early breakout age, uh, good target share in college, uh, dominated rating was really good, really productive even with Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase there. So I like that situation he's going to in Carolina uh, with Darnold. I think they're going to – be slinging it around and uh, I like the Joe Brady offense and the fit there with the connection back to LSU so give me a little Terrace Marshall here at 203 glad you picked that (laughs) me too (laughs) oh we're all happy about it that's good yeah I mean I like Marshall just a few other guys I would probably take ahead of him can't wait to pan them. Let's hear who you got next, Trevin. <laughs> I'm going to go with Trey Sermon. I think that's going to hurt Brent. I think Brent was probably looking forward to him there. So give me Trey Sermon, uh, the new starting running back of the San Francisco 49ers. Starting, huh? Pretty confident yep. saying that. Jeff Wilson got hurt. Um, what's his, uh, the other guy's asking for a trade, right? Most of yeah, Mostert, he's asking for a trade. So I think Trey Sermon's going to be, if not first game, starting early there for the 49ers. There's a good chance of it. And there's not a much better situation than the starting running back for the 49ers. True. But he's just a grinder. He doesn't, I don't know, like, I think he's fine on first and second down. I just don't know that he's going to be a real much beyond that. He's not fast. He's not real quick. He's got decent agility, but he's not a big pass catcher. Other than the end of his year last year, he hadn't really done that much in his college career. So I don't know. And there's so much, so many backs in the backfield. It's just like I think he's going to have a role, but I don't know how much Kyle Shanahan's going to commit to him as the guy. So that's what scares me about Trey Sermon a little bit. Good. I'll keep him. <laughs> I might like him a little more than you, Levi, but it's yeah. it's a decent pick there. He's in my eyes, he's definitely the number number four running back. I agree, and I, in fairness, Trevin, I don't think you're like way out of line where you took him. That's probably about where he should go. But it seems like he's kind of creeping up a little bit, like we saw with Keyshawn Vaughn last year, and that late first round territory. And that's where I would 
definitely take those receivers that we've just picked over him pretty easily. Well, it's a good thing I picked him after we picked those receivers, huh? <laughs> yep, good thing. <laughs> Brent, who you got next? I'm picking Elijah Moore. I would have picked him ahead of Trey Sermon, so I'm pretty happy that Trevin picked Trey Sermon. So I think Elijah Moore could be the guy at New York. I know it's not saying much, but if um, if old what's-his-face, Zach Wilson – um, is any good? Um, Elijah Moore will be the be the stud, and he might be a fantasy star. Might be the wide receiver to own in this in this great wide receiver class. So, I really like Elijah Moore. Good route runner, um, small, but he's tough. Yeah, I like that. I, pick, I like Moore I, a lot, Brent. I like Elijah Moore a lot. Um, I'm a little worried about his situation. There's just still quite a few receivers there. I'm not saying they're all super talented, but you got Mims. Um, they just got the guy from the Titans. Uh, Crowder's still hanging around, so I just don't think there's a direct line, and also it's going to be a rookie quarterback passing, which hasn't really proved himself in the NFL yet. So, Good points. I like, I like him as a player. I just I worries me the Jets situation next year. Yeah, I think Crowder's gone. I think he has like a cap hit of ten million and only like one million dead cap. And I think Elijah Moore can do everything he can do, and probably at a higher level. <laughs> to be sure, honest. and I wasn't saying Crowder's an yeah. all star or anything. I just thought it'd be another guy kind of in his way, limiting his touches when it's already an offense we don't know about. And and speaking of Crowder, if if he does get cut, he's going to get picked up by a team, and I'm very interested to see what team picks him up because I do think he's a pretty good receiver and. If he goes to a decent team, maybe the Kansas City Chiefs, he could be a fantasy stud this year. Just thinking out loud. <laughs> I mean, if I'm a Crowder owner, I'd definitely be happy about that. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's what we say about every free agent. Well, if they end up on the Chiefs, that could be great for them. Yeah. You, you never Hang on to your butts. <laughs> you know, but if you think about it, they really didn't get a receiver this offseason. Um, they got a Powell from Clemson, like in what, like the fifth or sixth round, and who knows about him? And I, I mean, they can't just rely on Demarcus Robinson. And I've honestly kind of given up on Nicole Hardman. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, they need a need a number to two two receiver there. Well, they have one. Tyreek Hill's number two or number, number one. Three. Travis Kelsey is number two. <laughs> <laughs> but sure. I know what you mean, Yeah. Uh. This is where I feel like the draft really starts to drop off, honestly. Like, these next few picks are, I don't know. I'm not in love with them. Like, I really feel like I like some of the guys we've taken so far tonight. So, the top of my board here, I have a couple of Jets. I have Michael Carter and Elijah, or and Kader. I have, so Brent, you took more, so I would have had more, but I have a Jet and a Giant. So, I have Kadarius Tony as my top receiver here. So,. My promise to listeners is I'll never draft Kadarius Tony, so I'm going to go with Michael Carter here. Uh, that Jets uh, backfield is not particularly strong. I think there's a a pretty good opportunity there for Michael Carter to carve out a role. They've got Tevin Coleman, Ty Johnson, LaMichael P. Ryan, Josh Adams as kind of the other options there, so there's certainly an opportunity for Michael Carter to step into a role. He was extremely productive alongside Javante Williams in college. Uh Pretty good pass catcher had over had twenty five receptions in eleven games last year. That's had over twenty each of the last three years. So I think that uh, he could 
have a role in this offense as early as this year. And I don't think he's going to be the guy, but I think he could be part of, uh, at least have a good part of that committee uh, carved out for him, which, you know, middle of the second round is about all you can ask for running back. It's my type of running back, Levi. <laughs> yeah, I know. You hate good <laughs> running backs, Brent. <laughs> good pick. I probably would have picked him there, too. And I, I, I mean, what you said is kind of what I think of him too. I, I don't think he'll be a super superstar, but he'll get yeah. his touches. Might get his get a few catches. So, yeah. Trevin, any thoughts? Uh, who'd you pick there? <laughs> <laughs> Michael Carter. Trevin's negotiating apparently. Making deals right now. <laughs> on our rookie draft. Not even participating in this podcast. <laughs> no, another jet. That's great. They're going to have an awesome offense there. A rookie quarterback and rookie coaches. I'd pick as many jets as you can if I was you guys. <laughs> Got rid of that anchor that was Sam Darnold, weighing him down. Mm-hmm. They'll be begging Sam Darnold to come back. Because <laughs> Zach Wilson sucks, right? Yeah, sure. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All, right, All right, my turn? Yeah, yep. your turn. I got to take Tony. I've talked about Tony too much at this point during our whole offseason. So Kadarius Tony going to the Giants. They got everybody coming back on that offense. Uh, they're going to take a step forward, and uh, Tony's going to be helping them out, leading the way. <laughs> Danny Dimes, the re- renaissance. <laughs> I'm not a believer, as I've said several times, but I think this is about the point where you have to take him, like yeah. just based on draft capital and the opportunity he has. I I agree. I'm not a huge fan, but there is a good chance that he could lead the team in receptions. So I don't think he'll lead the team in touchdowns or yards, but I can see him getting a lot of catches. You think he's going to have more receptions than Kenny Galladay? Um, I think there's a chance. There's a chance. He he, he might be the type. Of, he might he might be the type of receiver to get like like six or seven catches for like forty five yards. Kenny Galladay will get like four catches for eighty yards and a touchdown. So, Galladay uh, have the better fantasy play, but if, if you're looking for a PPR receiver, maybe maybe Tony might be your guy. Maybe. I mean, Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton are still there too, so I just have a hard time seeing him carving out that big of a role. But might get know. twenty, might get twenty carries on the year too. Might. <laughs> might not. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not as fun. <laughs> I was just looking at his stats again, and it's just mind-blowing. His first three years, he had 152, 260, and 194 yards receiving. It's crazy. Holy crap. I need to <laughs> do some more talking here. <laughs> you, got, you got one on the line? <laughs> well, well, me and Brent will make our picks. Okay. Carry the show. Okay. Put the team on our back. Brent, it's like our first episode again with just yeah. you and me here. <laughs> Well, that that was kind of. I'm just looking at. I saw what Trevin just saw, and <laughs> he's he's probably pretty happy right now. So, um, uh, how do I send a message <laughs> on this stupid thing? <laughs> so, um, am I? I'm I'm up, right? Yep. I probably would have picked Tony. Um, so, I am going to go. Uh, uh, not a huge fan of this guy, but. 
That's kind of all they got. Amonra St. Brown. Um, I know he didn't get drafted um, at the draft capital what I was kind of expecting, but fourth round, 112th pick. He still he'll still probably probably start, I think. And I don't know. It, I just was never a big fan of his at USC, but he's starting to grow on me a little bit. So I think he might be on one of my fantasy teams this year because he keeps on falling. Yeah. He's one that's going to have a huge opportunity in Detroit. Mm-hmm. Other than TJ Hawkinson, they're severely lacking pass options in that game. Yeah. <laughs> pass, pass options in that offense. So, uh, I like that pick at this point in the draft, Brent. Thank you. No, I, I like I like St. Brown. I'm with you. So are you participating again? In this yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's got NFL size. Um, didn't have really the speed, but I like him there. Uh, All right, Levi, who are you picking here? Going, uh, going with our second tight end. I don't know, man. I think I got to go with Amari Rogers, actually. Ooh. Coming out of Clemson here. Uh, I think just, you know, in Green Bay's, they're looking for that option behind Devontae Adams and Amari Rogers got pretty good draft capital in the third round, uh, which the Packers apparently refused to spend any higher draft capital than that on trying to get Aaron Rodgers some off some weapons in this offense. So uh, I think, you know, he stepped up last year for Clemson, had a really good year, went over a thousand yards. Uh, not a lot of things that I usually like to see or prefer to see in my wide receivers uh, as far as an early breakout age or anything like that. But uh, I think that the opportunity is really good, and he's demonstrated at least, you know, that he is a has some upside here. So uh, we'll see what happens with Aaron Rodgers, but I'm I'm going to take a flyer on Amari Rodgers here uh, and kind of like, roll. I like that pick, Levi. It's, and I know you really look into like the the breakout age and all that stuff, and but he's played at Clemson in huge games ever since his freshman year, sophomore year, and junior year. And he just had so much better receivers around him. I mean, you can't blame him for not being able to break out with those guys on his team. So, um, yeah, this year he had his chance where he was the guy because uh, – oh, crap, I forgot his name. The guy who sat out last year, wide receiver for Clemson. Yeah, Justin Ross and T. Yes. Higgins were both gone. Yep. Yeah, so he had a huge opportunity last year, and he took advantage of it. And especially if Aaron Rodgers was playing at Green Bay this year, he could become a very good pick. I'm I'm not too high on him though. If Jordan loves a quarterback or Blake Bortles, so <laughs> yeah, we'll see. There's a lot of uncertainty there for sure, but there's some upside yeah. for Rodgers too. All right, Trevin, you're up again. Have you? I, I'm shook over here, guys. I don't. <laughs> Trevin's trying desperately to trade up to draft. It's gone. Guy the dreams. Draft. We just uh, five people just picked in like 40 seconds. I don't understand what the <laughs> rush is, but it's all over. The dreams did. So, Ron, guys, Ron, yeah, I'm almost up, and yeah, someone's dropping to me. I think so. I'm going to keep my mouth closed and see what happens. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So Rondell Moore gets taken by K-Baz, who 
<laughs> you were hoping to get a hold of before you <laughs> before he made that pick. He likes him, so I can't fault him. But I was gonna talk some trades with him, see if he was able to, any willing to move back or anything. But he took that pick in about five seconds flat, so I don't think he's gonna hear me out. I can't blame him where he went. He got him at the no. fifth, fifth pick in the second round, which is great value, I think. I was so. trying like hell to get talk to the guys in front of him to take him and. Didn't no work guys. out. Oh, well. Oh, well. Well, it's your turn here to pick pick number 22. Uh, give me Tommy Brown. Is that where we're at? Where are we at? 19th <laughs> pick, right? 20, 22nd pick. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. Nobody's saying nothing like it was stupid. But that's cool. that's I like that value there. Well, usually you say a little bit about your pick when you make it. I don't know if you've been paying attention. <laughs> no, uh, out of Washington, they're saying good things about him and uh, the OTAs. So I think he's going to have a good year, good first year there with the Washington football team. Yeah. Brent, you like that one? I like the pick. I almost picked him instead of Amandra St. Brown. So that's that's a pretty good pick. Yeah, I like that one too. I mean, they've got Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel there that are going to have roles in that offense. And after them, it's kind of wide open for any of those guys to to step up. And I think the third round draft capital, De'Ami Brown, has just as good of a chance as anybody else there. Cool. Looks like I win. <laughs> Brent, you're up for 23. All right. Let me get there. I, I was also making a trying to send a trade offer. <laughs> um, oh. What are we calling this week, boys? This isn't our strongest week, I can tell you that. <laughs> I, I'm going to go with um, Kenny Gainwell. Oh, Kenny, yeah. Kenny That's Gainwell, Philadelphia running back. Um, not a fan of Miles Sanders. Um, <laughs> kind of, I'm kind of disappointed they got Kerryon Johnson. Um, but I still, I'm still taking my chance with Gainwell. Um, I think he could definitely carve out a role this year already at Philadelphia. Thoughts, Trevin? Trevin, you said you like that one. Yeah, I like that pick. I like Gainwell. I like his landing spot there. I'm not a huge Miles Sanders guy, so like you said, Brent, I think he should get some looks here in his first year and maybe be able to get some more time a second year. Yeah. Brent, your rational hate for Miles Sanders continues with this pick, but I think that uh, they are looking for somebody to compliment him, and I think Gainwell can, can carve out a role in this offense doing that. And he's, uh, you know, demonstrated a really strong receiving ability, which I think is something they're looking for. They, of course, always had Sproles doing that, and then we saw a little bit of Boston Scott trying to step into that role the past couple of years, and it seems like maybe they've they're ready to move on from him and give Gainwell that that role going forward. I will wrap up our second round here uh, with Nico Collins. So wow. I'm going with Nico here. 6'4", 215, great size. Uh, landed in Houston, which if if uh, Deshaun Watson plays, that's great for him. And if not, then probably not as good. But they need receivers in that offense desperately. 
really good breakout age for Nico Collins. Uh, extremely good athleticism across the board. Uh, I think he was his production in college. If you're just looking at the raw stats, not putting it in perspective with those uh, with the dominated rating, it doesn't look that great. But that Michigan offense is just so handicapped by Harbaugh and the way he likes to to run things that it's hard for any receiver to have monster numbers. So when you put it in perspective, Nico Collins, I think, is demonstrating that he's a little better than maybe it would look like on the surface. So give me him going to Houston. I like that pick. I do. I mean, they don't have much else at wide receiver, so I, I, yeah. I like it. I've got Cooks, Cobb, QD, and Coulter, <laughs> kind of the other options there. Oh, the four C's. <laughs> also, Chris Conley, if you want another one. <laughs> <laughs> that and with Collins. <laughs> yep. I'm glad you took him. He was 38th on my board, and you took him at the 24th spot, so good job. He was a a third rounder. (laughs) I'm just giving you crap. (laughs) Trevin's terrible rankings coming through again. (laughs) All right. So that's our second round, fellas. Uh, That was fun. Uh, Trevin, you have a question of the week for us this week. Yeah. I wanted to get you guys what you think about Aliens. There's a lot of aliens talk. <laughs> a lot of aliens talk going around lately. So I've been thinking a lot about aliens. I think Obama even said something kind of coy about there's some reports that are going to be coming out. And there's, I think Marco Rubio said something about unidentified flying objects. So what do you guys think? Aliens exist? Are they coming around here? Is there some report that we're going to see? What do we think about aliens? It's the aliens podcast now. <laughs> well, I mean, to answer that question, yeah, I think there's some sort of life. I mean, I mean, it's huge, huge um, universe out there, and it's even, I mean, it's humongous, and I bet there's got to be something living out there. So to answer that question, yes. I agree with Brent uh, as far as I think, you know, for it to be considered an alien, all it has to be is some sort of life. It doesn't have, it could be like one cell organisms on some other planet out of the millions or billions of planets that are out there. So I think that's pretty likely just mathematically that there is something like that, whether there's intelligent life. I really don't know, honestly, like I wouldn't be shocked if there was, I would be pretty surprised though. If the, if we had evidence of aliens visiting earth or like if area 51 has a spaceship or aliens or something, I would be kind of surprised by that, but not shocked, I guess, based on some of the things you alluded to Trevin. All right, so I got some more alien thoughts for you. <laughs> so I'm with you guys. There's definitely, I think the universe is just too big to not have an intelligent life somewhere else. The part that I am don't believe is that they would be flying around Earth. And my main point of that is Earth's been around for a long time. And if you kind of look at it as a clock for how long Earth has been around, the amount of time that humans have been here is like a quarter of a second like barely any time at all. And for that time where we've actually developed flying objects is the last, what, 100 years? So that's how fast our technology has improved. So just to me, any other life, it's not going to be on the same timeline we're on, and it would have to be so similar for us to even grasp that it's a flying, something flying around us. Just think if we went back 200 years with our jets flying around the sky, they wouldn't be able to even recognize what it is. That's just... 
200 years on earth. So I think the timelines would just have to be way different that, and why wouldn't UFOs just be having a satellite? Why, why would they be flying around us? If we can take pictures from the sky, I think these aliens that have flown from distant planets, I don't think we're going to catch them in a cornfield in Iowa. <laughs> what do you guys think about that theory? So your theory is that there are aliens that are intelligent. Yeah. And they, they are visiting Earth but not entering the atmosphere. They're just no, I just, outer space. No, I just, no, no, no. I think the technology just be so much different because there's no way that Earth's been here for 4 billion years or something, and we've only had computers for the last 50, and we've been able to fly for the last 100. Like, there's just no way our timelines match up for technology if they, if they're around us, we don't know it. They're not in a flying spacecraft. Do you think they've been here already? I don't know. I, uh, I guess that's kind of besides my point. The, the technology, I think, is just so much of a gap that it wouldn't even we wouldn't even be able to comprehend what they're doing, and we sure as hell aren't just seeing them fly around in the sky if they've traveled this far. So I'm fine with like saying you can. <laughs> Kelly, we're talking about aliens here. Theory. What's blew that? <laughs> blew my mind with that theory, says Kelly. <laughs> so, so I, I guess what you're getting at is you don't even think they would come close to Earth at all, or you and think if they, they did, if they, if they did, we wouldn't even know it. They, they, their technology wouldn't even be close to what we have now to comprehend what they're doing. Unless they wanted us to see them. I don't know why they'd want that, but if they did, then I guess they'd just come down and say hi. I don't know why they'd just be <laughs> like, here's an old spacecraft that we haven't used for thousands of years. Go fly that around Earth for a while. Well, it doesn't have to be an old one, right? It could be a new one with technology to make it so that we could see it or not see it. Sure. <laughs> I don't know what the benefit of that would be for to have them showing off to us, but... So you end on my theory? I've been thinking about this a lot. <laughs> I think you're right in that if they have the technology to travel to Earth from... Because we know like none of the other planets in the Milky Way, or around the sun at least. Yeah. None of the planets around the sun have intelligent life. So if they're coming to us from outside of... From another star, from another galaxy or whatever, not the Milky Way galaxy, or even some other star in the Milky Way... If they have the technology to travel all that way, I kind of agree with you that if they didn't want us to know they were here, we wouldn't know. Yeah. But there is the possibility that they want us to know for some reason. But I, the other part with it is it's just that it's been billions of years the universe has been around, and it just took so much luck to where we're at now. Like when sure. photosynthesis started and when there wasn't enough oxygen in the atmosphere for mammals to eventually evolve to. Like all that took so much luck and such a long timeline that it wouldn't even be similar in stages of technology at all. Very unlikely. Yeah. And okay. to your point, so like, to your point, like if they have the technology to come to our planet, they're obviously way yeah. ahead of us. Cause we don't have the technology to do that. Yeah. So we're not just going to see it flying around and go, wow, that's a little faster than our jet. Like it wouldn't even <laughs> comprehend what they're, <laughs> we wouldn't just be going, that's a faster jet than normal. Unless, like I said, they wanted us to for some reason. Sure. There's this other alien theory I remember from the Colbert Report that I've always remembered. 
and I think about it quite a bit, that I don't even remember. I should have looked it up who he had on that had stuck with me this long, that by the point of when a society evolves enough on a planet to where they have mass destruction weapons, that society is not, there's a timeline, there's a deadline then on how long that planet's going to last with life. Yeah. So every planet that eventually evolves to intelligent life, that eventually they're going to make something that destroys their own planet and they're going to destroy their own planet. And it takes so long to get to that point that it's a blink of an eye, basically, of having intelligent life. So maybe there's not any other intelligent life that we're all going to find because once that's developed, it's done. Tim Urban of Wade But Why has written about that a little bit on his website before and i've read that theory there so i don't know if that's who was on colbert but he's at least written about that same topic i should have tried looking up that interview before i was talking about it again because it stuck with me this long and that was 15 years ago at this point yeah that's deep <laughs> there we go <laughs> that's the alien talk i'm glad i have a place to finally tell somebody my alien thoughts <laughs> yeah well if you think about it like I don't know. We got North Korea that has nuclear weapons, and we have potentially uh, Iran trying to get them as well. So, like, even if you have stable people like we have relatively right now that have them, but it's not always going to just be those people, even as we try to keep other countries from developing them. Yeah, once it's developed, it's a they're they're developed and they can end anytime. Yeah. Kelly doesn't like that theory as much. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Anything else on aliens or or nukes before we move on to our beer chat? That's all I had for aliens. I'm glad you guys heard me out on it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's do our beer chat quick. Uh, I got a Samuel Adams Oktoberfest. I bought way too many of these. So... The first one I probably would rate like a seven three, but now I'm kind of tired of them, so I'm gonna go five seven. <laughs> that's an October, an Oktoberfest in May. I know that's how many I. We split a big case with Shelly's dad, and I got a bunch left that I'm just trying to plow through so I can move on to something else. <laughs> this is the last one, so happy about it. I've had nice. those before. They're they're pretty good. Yeah, just not in May. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, I'm drinking Corzite tonight again. I'll probably try something new next week. <laughs> I don't know. Corzite's pretty adventurous, Brent. You think you're. I know. Very. Stepping out of the box there. <laughs> nice pun. <laughs> My dog's found a squeaker toy. <laughs> I hear uh, that. I'm drinking a... Oh, my God. (laughs) I think he's using Morse code to share his thoughts on the aliens. That's great. (laughs) So I'm drinking a Bloody Mary. I tweeted about it the other night that people should drink more Bloody Marys at night, so I'm sticking to my tweets, and I'm drinking one. Yeah. Hey, Kelly, Kelly, I'm trying to make make trade offers. That's... That's why I didn't say much during the alien theories. So for the listeners who aren't watching the live stream, Kelly commented and said, Brent may be an alien because he wasn't saying much during the alien theories. So 
Brent, you didn't exactly deny it there. Do you want to issue a denial or? All right. No, I'm I'm not an alien. <laughs> there no. it is. We had to drag there it out go. of you. There That's you something an alien would say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, o- only a crazy alien, I guess, would would pick Devin Singletary to get a thousand yards in 2020. <laughs> so you never know. You think aliens still use tables? Uh, well thanks for being part of the fantasy players club everybody we are moving to tuesday nights going forward so we're going to shift our calendars around a little bit as we kind of transition hopefully we'll try to do that during the season as well so tuesday nights going forward uh we'll have a new episode for you on tuesday next week that will live stream on Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook on Tuesday night. Uh, until then, on behalf of Brent, the alien Hykus, and Trevin, the... <laughs> I don't know what we call you. Cornholio. <laughs> Cornholio today. <laughs> Trevin Cornholio Cromosa. <laughs> this is Levi Valentine. Wish you a great week. See ya. I promise we'll do better next week. <laughs> we can't do any worse. So. <laughs>
I didn't get into it at the start, so I haven't really been paying attention. But Shelly is watching uh, Startup on Netflix, and she seems to really enjoy it. I've heard good things. I haven't watched it yet. I've been watching a lot of Game of Thrones. Um, my daughter, she's 18. She's been begging <laughs> to watch that show. Some parts are pretty awkward. I have to step out of the room and, <laughs> and get out. But I, like I, I've, watched, I've watched Game of Thrones already, and she hasn't. And She's really into that stuff. And I mean, she's 18 now, so she's growing <laughs> so up. <laughs> you've already watched the last season then, huh? Yeah. Oh man, I can't believe you're rewatching it after that last season. I mean, I, I don't, I don't like love the show, but I mean, it's it's got some good parts. Is it the first episode where like the Dothraki are having the big orgy and all that stuff? I, th- I think that it was first or second. And the twin cest <laughs> happens first episode when he, he throws them out of the castle. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think it's awkward for her once in a while too, because I, I see her just get on her phone a lot when that type of stuff is happening. So I'm like, good. So you you watch every episode with her, or do you just not not every episode? I mean, she's out of school now, and um, she has a lot more time on her hands when she's not working at Perkins. Um, yeah. But she's been binge watching a lot of it, and. I'm still, I mean, school's out, but I'm still technically going to school this week. So, I I, I mean, I, I've, I've missed a lot of it, but yeah, she, she's watching it, and I watch a little bit with her. Given the awkwardness you mentioned, I think if I were in your situation, I'd be like, just watch it on your own. I don't need to <laughs> watch this with you. Yeah. It I love the show. I was deep into the theories and everything, and then I rewatched the whole thing twice, except wow. until... That was before they showed the last season, and the last season was so terrible that it's made me never want to watch it again. It could have been so much better if they, like, you know, when she burns the whole city. I, so terrible. Well, there's, like, no reason for her to do it. Like, all they had to do was make it, like, she clearly defeated them, and then some idiot just shoots one of her dragons with one of those huge arrow things. And that's what pisses her off and makes her burn it all down. Like, instead, she just did it for no reason. Well, the problem was they ran out of the books, and then. Yeah. Then, then they HBO said they'd give them a whole another. They'd pay for however many episodes they want to do, and they the showrunners are just ready to get out of it. So the whole last season had to be sped up and not have any motivations for the characters. Is brutal, so bad. It, it was pretty disappointing. It was. And she loses the other stupid dragon just because she forgot about them having boats. They're just cruising around in the ocean, and the dragon gets shot down. And then even the interview after the show, they're like, "Well, she forgot they had the." navy like oh wow that's a good explanation <laughs> well and like they just all of a sudden have all these ships with all these huge <laughs> arrow launchers i don't even know what those things are called that just are mounted on them like out of nowhere that's the problem too is they spend it up so much like all this stuff that it's took nonsense. so long to happen the first few seasons which made you have the character development parts because you had to fill the space yeah and that's what made it so good and then the last season they just had to have all this stuff happen so fast there was no character development and no clear motives and yeah well her whole first season was spent just riding in that buggy up to i can't even remember the names of the towns now the one way up north where the starks were winterfell like they spent yeah. the whole season traveling up there then last season they're just fast traveling around the globe yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy. I did watch another bad movie that uh, Angelina Jolie movie on HBO. That was brutal. Oh, that's bad. Yeah, it sucks. 
I thought I thought it looked decent. I, I never watched it, but yeah, unless you're really bored, I there's no reason to watch that. It is a dumb one. Yeah. It's with that little kid, right? Yep. Okay. Those who wish me dead. It's called. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Then that new uh, zombie movie on Netflix, that wasn't very good either. Army of the Dead. Did some movie watching last weekend. Did you watch that? Uh, what's that other stupid one that's on HBO? Like, uh, it was a video game or something. Kind of like your Godzilla vs. King Kong one. It came out right after that. <laughs> oh, Easy. Mortal Kombat? Yeah, yeah I watched Mortal, Mortal Kombat. Kombat. That was a fun one. I haven't watched it. It's not going to win like awards, but it's at least fun. <laughs> uh-huh. The Army of the Dead one was bad. It was two and a half hours and half of it in slow motion. It was just terrible. Who, who's in that one? I know Dave like- Batista is the main actor. Uh, the, the pro wrestler? A, yeah, but he's been an actor for a while now. He's in Guardians of the Galaxy and Blade Runner 2049 and uh, Stuber. He's been in a lot of movies. He's a good actor. It's like The Rock now, the new Rock. I think he's a better actor than The Rock. Oh, hot date. Yeah. He's the one with the huge tattoo across his back, isn't he? Mm, I he's got tattoos. I don't remember one across his back. <clears throat> Trying to look it up. You're thinking of the RKO out of nowhere guy, I think. Randy Orton? Yeah. Huh? What do you what'd you find? Yeah, he has a big back. He has a big back tattoo. Dave Batista? Yeah. Hey, he's not shirtless very often in his movies. I don't think you've ever seen him shirtless in his movies. Well, you know he was a pro wrestler before that, right? Where he never wore a shirt. Yeah. And he had the weird tattoo on his belly button. That's a really long link. What? It's like a dragon or something. It's like a dragon. On his back? Yeah, I just sent you the link in the chat. Check it out. Wild. Oh, yeah, like his whole back's a tattoo. Yeah. Hmm. But anyway, he's a pretty good actor. Yeah, there he you always, go. It's cool when he wears little glasses. He wears little glasses in a lot of his movies. Whatever floats your boat, I guess. That's kind of funny, just this hulking man wearing tiny little glasses. Yeah. We ready to call this an episode, now that we're talking about Batista's glasses? And no, I think there's a little meat left on this bone. What else we got? <laughs> I think we're good. See you, everybody. Uh, Thanks for tuning right. in. <laughs> See ya. See ya. See ya.